What's up, podcast? Well, this one is for all of you guys and girls that are bored out of your brains at home. Hope you give it a listen. Hope you enjoy it. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 56 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. All right, Uh, no rugby league anywhere in the world, nothing doing. Uh, nothing to talk about, so uh, I guess that's it. Uh, fuck yeah, nobody. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I am recording. I almost didn't record tonight. Uh, I'll get to that in a sec, but what crazy times we're living in. I can't believe, I just can't believe some of the stories we're hearing. Um, thank you to everyone that reached out to myself, to Big T, to us at the podcast over the last week or so to ask us how we're going. Uh, it is pretty tough. Not only without rugby league, like that's tough. I, I fucking miss my footy, but um, life in general is pretty tough at the moment. And and I guess for me, I'm just grateful because I know there's quite there's plenty of people that are worse off than I am. So it's kind of why I wanted to record tonight. We almost didn't, and um, almost left it for a week because there's just so much going on elsewhere. Um, but one of those people that reached out, Mark Harris, big shout out, brother. He uh, reached out to see how I'm, how I was going, how I was feeling, and um, we had a little chat. He said, um, "Mate, whatever you do, please keep recording." He goes, "I'm bored. I need, I need you, I need your show every week. Please keep recording." So, Marky, uh, mate, this one's for you, bro. <laughs> Thanks for being such a, such an awesome, awesome listener and supporter of the show for so long. Um, yeah, big shout out for Mark. If you want a shout out next week too, guys. Um, you know what, if you're listening to this one, if you're stuck inside, if you're bored at home and I've been able to give you some sort of joy during this time, then uh, take a screenshot while you're listening, tag us uh, wherever, you li- wherever you like, whatever your favorite social media channel is, tag us and um, Big T and I will give you a shout out next week. How's that sound? That could be a bit of fun. Uh, thank you to all of you who, who are supporting the show during this time and we'll try to do our bit to, to help you guys out during this time as well. With a little bit of light entertainment. Speaking of supporters, mascordbrowns.com, mascordbrowns.com.au. We mention it all the time. These guys are great. Uh, Steve and Phil, we love you guys. Uh, use the discount code can- uh, Kangaroo Court. That was last year. Use the discount code 2020Vision. That's 2020Vision, all one word, for 10% off at checkout. Uh, exclusive for you, the listeners of Chasing Kangaroo. So check them out. Um, and I just saw a tweet today from, from Phil Brown. He was uh, wearing his PNG Kumuls jersey, working from home, and he, uh, he, he put a call out to anyone that has purchased uh, Mascot Brown's gear and is working from home. Wear it, take a selfie of yourself working from home, post it, and uh, yeah, a little bit of fun. So yeah, do that. And if you used our discount code to purchase that gear, tag us as well. That could be fun too. We'll give you a shout-out. We'll give everyone a shout-out. If you do that, we'll give you a shout-out as well. So help support our friends at Mascord Browns. The other one is sportsflickglobal.com. So this is a new one, uh, Sports Flick Global, uh, kind of like the Netflix for niche sports. So so much cool stuff, uh, so much stuff that you wouldn't even know existed or can't find anywhere else. One of those things, or some of that, is um, Serbian Rugby League and Balkan Super League. So obviously nothing going on rugby league-wise around the world at the moment. But there is a good back catalogue of Serbian Rugby League and Balkan Super League games there. So if you're interested, if you've exhausted your Netflix um, catalogue, if you've watched absolutely everything on Netflix that you possibly can, then maybe check out sportsflickglobal.com. And if you use the discount code ChasingKangaroos, all one word, uh, you'll get 75% off your subscription for three months. So normally it's about $10 US, just a little bit less than that. Um, So it'll be $2.50 US per month. Uh, if you use the discount code Chasing Kangaroo. So big thank you to our friends at Sports Flick uh, for giving that opportunity to our listeners at a time when they probably need it because they need some good content and, um, yeah, some good Serbian rugby league. Not many people have seen that, so check it out at sportsflickglobal.com. 
Uh, so guys, as you can can hear, obviously, uh, here I am all by myself, talking to myself like a crazy man in the mobile studio. Uh, Paul Murchison has commandeered the cupboard in Roselle, the studio in Roselle, once again. He's got a couple of days left in his quarantine, uh, but he's fit and healthy. Uh, I've been assured not to worry, he's fine. And he's probably bored out of his fucking brain, actually, to be honest with you. But don't worry, Mercho, you'll be able to uh, walk the dog, do some groceries uh, in a couple of days' time. That's all you can do, though. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, lots of fun for Mercho, poor bloke. Um, and, yeah, so Big T, um, not with us this evening as well. He's got the night off. Uh, so it's me talking to myself like a crazy man in the mobile studio. Apologise for the sound quality, not as good as usual. Uh, just recording using the Anchor app and uh, recording with my phone, uh, with my with my speakers. So if anyone wants to start a podcast, they're really that bored, they want to start a podcast, Anchor's a good place to start. Check it out. <laughs> Give me, I'm, all, I'm full of advice today. It's awesome. But uh, yeah, for all of you big tea lovers, if you're missing that uh, that sexy voice that is the biggest tiger, um, he did record a little piece for this episode, which I'll, which I'll include later on. Uh, it's a pretty cool little five-minute piece from Big T because he missed you guys, and I know all the Big T lovers will miss him. In fact, if you are a Big T lover, you're missing his voice from this episode, and you've got an extra 15 minutes spare. I mean, everyone has time right now, right? You've got an extra 15 minutes. He has been recording some really cool short episodes of Sport Best Friends. Um, so his old podcast, before he joined me on Chasing Kangaroos, he's back with that every Monday morning. It's like a 13-minute-ish uh, pod every Monday, and he looks at the rugby league world through the lens of Twitter, and his favourite tweets, so it's pretty cool. It's interactive as well, so you can get involved. He probably doesn't want me talking. He, yeah, he doesn't make a lot of noise about it, but I want to give it a shout-out. So Big T, uh, Sports Best Friends, check that out uh, if you if you need your Big T fix this week. Well, guys, this one's for you, for the listeners. It always is, but this one in particular, we have no rugby league to speak of anywhere around the world. So what I did was something that we love doing every now and then, and that was throw out for some Q&A questions from you guys, the listeners, on our socials. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, check us out. Follow us if you're not already. And whenever we have these Q&A episodes, you'll get an opportunity to ask the questions as well. So I've got a bunch of questions. I'm going to run through them. I haven't really like put much thought into any answers. I haven't really looked at these. So I'm going to rush. I'm going to look through some of them for the first time now. Um, and I'm going to just tell you what is going on in my head and answer them as best as I can. And I'm hoping, I'm going for the candid, honest approach tonight. I always do, I guess, right? But uh, let's start with a couple of short ones, maybe. So, okay, here we go. What have we got? So this one comes from Mark Milnes. Uh, Will the Ashes happen this season? Um, well, look, it hasn't, been, it hasn't been called off yet. But I would be very surprised if it happens this year. So I'm, I'm going to say a hard no, unfortunately. I don't think the Ashes, I don't think the Kangaroo Tour will be happening at the end of this year. Um, I think if anything is happening at that time, it'll be some NRL, maybe even some Super League. Okay, we got off on a, on a negative note. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, number two, what else have we got? David Hunter on Twitter. <laughs> I love this question, Dave. Uh, he said, which team are your favorite Dragons apart from the St. George Illawarra Dragons? All right, this is a tough one. There are There's a lot... There's a lot of dragons out there, not as many as you would think. There's surprisingly like a lot of roosters out there, or maybe not surprising because they're winning the NRL every year. So all these new teams popping up around the world are naming themselves roosters. But as far as dragons go, you've obviously got Catalan dragons, who I love. Um, you've got uh, Liguana dragons in Jamaican rugby league. I think that's how you pronounce it, Liguana. If I'm wrong, correct me. I know people do all the time. Feel free to do so. I'm getting a little bit better. Um, and you've got Barcelona Dragons, who we learnt about last week on our Spain episode. But my favourite Dragons, other than the St. George Illawarra Dragons, is the Vancouver Dragons uh, over in the British Columbia Rugby League. And um, yeah, Josh Knight over there, president of the club, good friend of mine. He's been on this show as well, president of the Vancouver Dragons. They sent me a jersey, freaking cool jersey. They sent me that before Christmas. Uh, and I need to lose a couple of kilos before I can wear it because it's a little bit tight. <laughs> but um, I was hoping to wear that to a St. George game this year because I thought it would have been cool wearing a Vancouver Dragons jersey to a St. George Illawarra Dragons match. Uh, 
probably won't get that chance this year. But the good news is I have probably a year to lose those extra kilos and then wear it next year. So Vancouver Dragons is the answer to that, Dave Hunter. I hope that's okay. Uh, what else have we got? Um, the Okay, Christian Davies, our friend in Wales. Um, the longer this corona situation goes for, carries on, how likely are we to see clubs cease to exist? Uh, that's a big question. Um, look, stuff on this is kind of changing every day. Um, where my gut is tonight um, is, I think at an... I don't want to talk from a Super League level because I haven't been across everything that's happening in the Super League. In fact, it's been a little bit quiet on that front with Super League clubs and the Super League in general. Um, they celebrated their 25th birthday today, actually, in the Super League. But that's I haven't heard much about what they're doing here to combat coronavirus and what their plans are for when it's all done and dusted. But we have been hearing a lot about the NRL. And my my gut tells me that that all of the NRL clubs will survive. I think we're going to have all 16 clubs surviving. The NRL's coming coming out with, you know, some good um, stimulus packages of their own for each of the clubs. They're cutting jobs at admin level. The clubs are going to have to cut a few things the way they run run things as well. The players are going to have to take a haircut as well. Um, but I think... All 16 NRL clubs survive. Where I'm not as confident is below NRL level. So we're talking New South Wales Cup, Queensland Cup. We're talking about your park footy, your, your country footy, your grassroots stuff. Your women's NRLW as well. Heard today uh, Mary Kay tweeted about you know the, the Warriors and the Roosters possibly not being able to field teams next year in the NRLW. So I think, I think at a top level, the the NRL clubs are going to survive. They're gonna, you know, the NRL will do whatever it takes. But I'm genuinely concerned for what happens below that. And um, look, rugby league can't die. Um, but yeah, some some clubs and some some people are gonna hurt uh, after this season. So I think that's what, unfortunately, I think that's what um, I think that's what it's gonna look like, Christian. Um, Super League. Look, I'm not sure. <laughs> There's a lot a lot less money over there. You know, if we thought the NRL uh, were in trouble financially or if they were a little bit mismanaged, then, then Super League probably had a little bit less to go on. Um, they rely heavily on gates and, and things like that. And if I was to venture a guess, and this is an uneducated one, so if, if any of you have more information, feel free to let me know. But I think in terms of Super League, we're probably more likely to see some clubs go under at Super League level. It's probably the reverse. So um, I think the lower division clubs in the RFL will survive because there's apparently some good stimulus packages over there uh, in the UK at the moment for for the workers. Um, so I don't know too much about the politics, but I'm, I think the lower divisions will be okay, but it's at Super League level where there might be a club or two that, that gets hurt. Um, a lot of people are saying that could be the Wolfpack because they're playing in Canada. I don't really want to speculate on that, but what I do know is they've got one of the richest backers in the league, so they might be okay. But just the way things happen next year for the Wolfpack might be a little bit different depending on whether or not they can travel. And the same might apply for, for Catalans, whether or not they can travel across board, international borders even next year. Who knows? But yeah, so short answer, I think NRL clubs will survive. I think Super League clubs are going to do a little bit tougher. I think uh, the areas below NRL is where we need to, where we might be concerned. But but who knows? We don't even know how long this stuff's going to go for. Um, it's it's pretty scary to think. We've got a lot of COVID questions in here, so I won't dwell too much. We'll answer, we'll answer more and more later on. Um, so this one comes from rugby underscore league underscore international on Twitter. So it's a fan uh, account for International Rugby League. Is a good is a good one. Could a player from either Brazil or Peru be the Golden Boot winner if all other competitions get canned? It's a good question. Short answer: No. Uh, the Golden Boot probably won't be given away at all. But uh, the Golden Roo Chaser might might be decided between a Brazilian and a Peruvian. So that could be quite interesting. Thanks for your question, man. Um, 
Outlawed Rugby League podcast. Not a question. Happy birthday. Thank, thanks. <laughs> thanks, mate. You just wanted a plug. Outlawed Rugby League podcast. Check him out, guys. Good bloke from the UK. Uh, who's as much an internationalist as I am, and I'm sure all of you are expansionists, that is. All right, Max Huttery. What do you think about Frizzell leaving the Dragons? Why do you have to go and ask that for, Max? So, look, um, I wish uh, I wish, I wish, Tyson Frizzell all the best. Uh, he's been a wonderful servant to the Dragons. He's played his guts out. He's been one of our best for for a number of years now. He was our... I always compared him to Taumalolo, not as big, not as destructive. He was our mini Taumalolo. Um, and I'm going to miss having him wearing the red V. He was one of my favourite players. Uh, but I just think... I'm not, I'm not upset that Frizzell is leaving. I'm upset that the club is in a position where he wanted to leave. Um, and I don't want to be overly critical of, of my Dragons here, but... You know what? No, no, I, I will be. The club has been... I'm, I'm just really disappointed with how this club has been run over the last few years in particular. Um, we should be the biggest brand in the world of not only rugby league, but rugby, full stop, period. The Red V, the St. George Laura Dragons, we should be the biggest. We should be successful every year. We should have the best players. We should have all the sponsors. We should have packed stadiums but we don't. And I think that's why Dragons fans are, we are the way we are. We, we expect the best. And we, we, to be fair, probably only got it once in my lifetime. And um, it's quite sad, but the way the club is run, the way things have panned out, the coaching staff, I'm not a big fan of Paul McGregor. I disagree with a lot of his decisions. I'm not saying I could do a better job, but um, the way, there's stuff going on behind the scenes there, I'm sure of. The way the Jack DeBellin case has been handled, I think they could have done a much better job. Um, and, I mean, if I was Tyson Frizzell, I'd probably want to leave too. And it's sad. It's sad that a junior that has played most of his career here um, wanted to get out so badly that he signed a deal with the Newcastle Knights during this whole COVID-19 thing. That's how bad... Tyson Frizzell wanted to get out of the Dragons. And um, that's what pisses me off. That's what pisses me off. So I think I'm more upset with the club than I am with Tyson Frizzell. So Tyson, um, good luck, brother. You're not listening to this, but, you know, if you are, or if one of his friends are, let him know. Good luck. All right. A couple of sad questions here, guys. What else have we got? We need something fun. What have we got here? John Christie, my Russian rugby league correspondent. John's actually going to be on the show next week. Uh, so, John, uh, we planned before this whole COVID-19 thing, we planned to have John, just a bit of recap, sorry, John has been, he's an Englishman, he's been playing rugby union over in Russia, trying to play rugby league over there, competition finally happening this year, or was meant to happen, uh, he's on the board for the Russian rugby league, the new Russian rugby league, and we planned for him to come on and tell us, tell you guys, the listeners, all about it. Uh, then COVID happened, but he's still coming, so he's still going to tell us the plans, just because they're on pause doesn't mean that they're not happening at all. And I can't wait to have that chat, John. Can't wait to have you on, brother. We've been talking for a long time and to actually speak to you in person is going to be pretty cool. But John's question is, fast forward to the day after the World Cup 2021 final. What are your top three moments from the tournament? Okay, this is a tricky one. All right, so um, off the top of my head, so I think... I'm going to roll this into one, but it's kind of two. I'm going to roll it into one. Jamaica and Greece. Just having them at this tournament. It's going to be really cool. It's their first time. Excited to see how they go. Not sure. <laughs> Look, not expecting the world from them. Although we might see an upset or two from one of these sides. But just really excited to see both these nations get the opportunity to play their first Rugby League World Cup. So that's my number one moment. Number two is... Uh, I don't know if this will happen, but I'm hoping it happens. But Sonny Bill Williams playing for Samoa. I think that's going to be awesome seeing him out there at this World Cup representing his heritage and his family. And what's cool about that is I think a lot of um, other union stars are going to see this. All black stars are going to see this. And 
a lot of the All Blacks have like Samoan, Tongan heritage, but they can't represent their heritage, even though a lot of them want to do that. They can't do that in rugby union. I think they're going to see um, Sonny Bill doing this, if he does do it, at 2021. And it's going to maybe cause a few uh, few switches in the future, which could be pretty cool for our sport. And uh, the biggest thing, my, my top moment from the tournament is going to be Australia going down in the grand final to whoever they lose against. I don't know who it's going to be, whether it's Tonga, England, New Zealand, Fiji, who knows. But uh, I think the kangaroos being chased and beaten is going to be my top moment from that tournament. So, John, thanks for that question. That was an awesome one, man. Let's keep it on World Cup. Have we got any other World Cup questions? What else have we got? Um, if Here we go. Rugby League jerseys on Instagram. A cool, cool account. For anyone that uh, is looking for a cool accounts on Instagram to follow RL Jerseys, thanks for your question, brother, and for your support as always. So he asks, if Big T and Carbs got to get to watch, go and watch the World Cup final at Old Trafford, which jerseys are they going to wear? And he says it doesn't matter who's playing, by the way. So which jerseys will we wear? But well, look, I can't speak for Big T, but I will. I'm going to put some words in his mouth. So Big T is going to be wearing his Tigers cap. But the jersey he's wearing is going to be the Jamaican Rugby League jersey because Big T loves his Jamaican Rugby League. And as for me, uh, I'll be wearing either my Italia jersey or a Greek jersey. So that's what we'll be doing, RL jerseys. Awesome question, man. Thanks for that. All right, what else have we got? What else have we got? Matt Church, P&G, Hunter's coach. He's been on the show a couple of weeks ago, actually. He asks, should the Immortals concept be capped at a certain amount this is a good question um it's a good question i like i'm one of these guys that are afraid that it's going to sort of lose its luster this immortals concept i love you know as a kid we've always had like six seven eight immortals and i just feel like look i don't think you can cap it because each generation is going to have their superstars but i think you need to cap how many come through from a certain generation and that's going to be hard because the current generation has guys like Thurston, Smith, Slater, um, Greg Inglis, Benji Marshall, Um, you can even throw Darren Lockyer in there, he's sort of in between generations I guess. You're going to have Tal Malolo coming off the back of his career depending on some of the things that he does. You're going to have some great guys coming through after that as well. So it is hard to choose maybe just one or two from each sort of generation or each decade. But I think they need to make it really strict. I don't want to see all of the guys I just mentioned named as immortals. Um, So I don't know how they do that. But if we get to a point where there's like 50 immortals, then it kind of defeats the purpose. It's just a Hall of Fame, right? So... Yeah, I want to know what the rules are. I want them to be really strict on it. And I like I don't even want it to be like, yep, every four years we announce an immortal. I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be just random when someone is so great that they demand to be part of this elite, the most elite group of rugby league players of all time, then then they're there and it's a big deal. Not like every four years we pick someone because we have to. So that's kind of where I think that needs to be. Good question, Matt. Um, if you got, if any of you out there disagree with me, let me know on the socials. Let me know what you think as well. Uh, let me know who should be in a model next. Uh, Joey, Joey does physio. I don't want to ask that. How is your hair always so on fleck? So fleck, fleek. I don't even know what the right word is. What are the kids saying today? Joey does physio. I read that out because you're a champion, mate. You've been a long time listener as well of the show. And I think Every Q&A episode we've ever had has had a question from you. So, who? yeah, I've asked it. Um, just a bit of context as well. So, I, I Joey responded to a video on my Instagram stories of me asking for questions. I just had a haircut, mate, after that video. My last haircut for the next six months. Uh, so, it won't be on Fleck for much longer, brother. But um, thanks for asking. And for actually, while I'm at it, when it comes to Instagram videos, a few of you guys are asking what happened to my walk and talk on the way to work episode, or like little videos that I used to post um, on Instagram stories. 
Um, I changed jobs about a month ago. So I now drive to work. I don't walk to the ferry wharf anymore. So I had to cut out my walk and talk. So I'm a little bit disappointed because that was a lot of fun. And you guys got to ask me questions as I walked to the ferry and I'd talk to you guys and answer them. And it was a lot of fun, but I can't do it anymore. Although maybe I'm, you know, working from home from tomorrow. So maybe I can start doing something. Who knows? We'll see how we go. But uh, Joey does physio. Always good to mention you on the show, mate. All right. Another person who it's always good to mention, Nate Gladden, Mr. Rugby League in America, my man. Um, man, thank you as well, Nate. You released three episodes of your podcast in the last couple of days. Normally, I'll be honest with you, brother. Normally, I get the shits when you release like two or three episodes in like such a short period because I'm like, how the fuck am I going to listen to all of these? I always do. I always do. But I'm like, I've got to listen to other shit. But I just end up listening to Nate. But um, they were really good this week. And I kind of needed them this week. So it's good to hear your voice for three episodes in like a two-day period, Mr. Nate Gladden. Nate's question, what positives can we learn from the current world situation? Um, Nate, always thinking positive, right? Um, I guess, like, to be fair, not a lot. It's pretty shit. Um, But I think the, the positive in all of this is I've never seen, from a rugby league perspective, that is, I've never seen the rugby league community so united. Like, the clubs are united. They all want to pull through this together. The players and the NRL, like the Players Association and the NRL, I don't think they've come to an agreement at this point, at time of recording. They may have by the time this is released, but they've been very amicable throughout this whole thing. They understand the situation. The fans, the fans just miss footy. But we're trying to be upbeat about it and and we want it. And I think at the end of all this, we're just going to be starving for it. You're probably going to see the biggest crowds and the biggest TV figures at the end of all this because we are hungry. But more, you know, most importantly, and the positive thing is we are together. Uh, We are all in this together as, as people, as a sport all over the world. And, um, it's really good to see that. And yeah, sometimes, you know, I think our club, our club, I think our sport has seen our way through tons of adversity, but we get through it. And we always seem to come out bigger and better at the other side. Um, and this could be one of those things. I think this is the biggest thing we've ever faced, not only as a sport, but worldwide. Like this is like a once in a hundred year situation. And um, yeah. We're going to come out of it the other side much better, I think. Thanks for your question, Nate Gladden. All right. This one comes from Lino Bolnia. This is good. I'm getting questions from people I haven't heard from before, so thanks for listening, Lino. Uh, Word on the street is that some clubs in the Super League may be facing extinction due to COVID-19. Example, Toronto Wolfpack, what are your thoughts? Everyone everyone seems to be worried about the Wolfpack um, because they need to travel. The thing about that is, like, David Argyle has thrown so much money at this club. So, like, why won't he continue to do that? You know, they're probably financially in one of the better positions. I won't say the best, but certainly one of the better. So, the only thing would be if David has suffered so much in his other business uh, business interests that he can no longer support the Wolfpack and decides to pull out. So, I guess that's a chance. But again, I'm, I'm, when it comes to the Super League stuff at the moment, I'm very, I'm, I'm speaking from a position of, uh, I'm very uneducated on the issue right now, the issues that are facing the Super League clubs. I think, like I said earlier, that I don't think all of the Super League clubs will be able to survive, um, and I think they're they're in for more pain than the NRL clubs are in. I think the NRL is in a better position to support its clubs and the Super League are to support its clubs. And that's very sad. Um, so I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Um, but, yeah, hopefully, look, in terms of your question, Lino, Toronto, Wolfpack, I think they are so important for the growth of the International Rugby League, for the expansion of our sport. Um, this can't kill them. This cannot kill them. They have to keep going. I hope so. All right. 
This question comes from Damien, Damien Roach asked this question. It was about the Olympics. Uh, will the Olympics postponement and possibly other major sporting events impact the 2021 Rugby League World Cup? For example, corporate sponsorships, crowds, global interest. A few people ask this qu- a question like this, actually. So where else have we got here? Big Al, he asked about that. Mofo Storeman asked about it. Ethan Andrews, a few people asked this question. Um, Damien Roach, though, I will I will say... I think this is the guy. This is the guy that told me that uh, he had heard about our show but never got a chance to listen to it. And now he's got so much time on his hands. So he's up to episode seven. Um, he might be a bit further along by the time this one comes out. But um, And Damien, by the time you listen to this, episode 56, mate, if you listen to this and you hear it when you do, send me a, send me a message on Facebook, mate. And we'll, um, I don't know what we'll do. We'll give you another shout out. It's all about the shout-outs tonight. So will the Olympics postponement and other major sporting events impact the 2021 World Cup? Look, yes. Yes, it will. This whole thing is going to impact the sport as a whole. It will impact the Rugby League World Cup as a whole. Um, You know, will the corporate sponsorships and the dollars that were coming in for this World Cup still be there on the other side of COVID-19? Probably not. Will the crowds be there? Well, yeah, they're giving they're giving away twenty thousand and twenty one tickets to the uh, to the the healthcare workers in the UK, which I think is fantastic. Some people shit on that. Whenever they see free tickets, they think, "Oh, what the fuck is this? Why rugby league, rugby league have to give tickets away?" No, I think it's great. They're giving away free tickets to the people that have been the absolute champions worldwide uh, during this crisis. So I think that's great. The thing about the crowds is, will Will the crowds come back because they miss rugby league so much, or will there be some sort of like social anxiety around being around crowds? Like, say this goes on for a year, are we going to be a little bit hesitant to go and sit in a crowd with twenty, thirty thousand people? I don't know. It could be affected. In terms of global interest, Damien, the global interest will be there. I think you know rugby league fans are starving for rugby league, and the biggest and best World Cup in our history is going to be amazing. There's going to be so much global interest for rugby league fans in that regard. But I think the biggest I think the biggest hurdle is going to be potentially the NRL and Super League because like like I said we don't know when this shit ends. And I know for example the NRL the NRL are talking about having a plan for you know if the competition needs to start again in May, June, July, August, September. It's looking more and more certain that it's going to be September and it's going to be a shortened competition, 15 rounds. Everyone plays each other once. There'll be Origin, there'll be a grand final, there'll be semi-finals. There might be a three-game final series, we heard tonight, trying to make money wherever they can in this short season. If that's the case, that competition is going to go, this 2020 season of NRL is going to go until December 20, Rugby League Christmas and if that's the case, then 2021 NRL season won't begin until maybe April, May to give the to give the players a break. And if that happens, the World Cup's in trouble because I think John Dutton was saying that two-thirds of the World Cup's players will come from the NRL. And then Super League's the other one as well. If Super League goes along the same sort of path as the NRL, and ends up starting late next year and going into that World Cup period, there's going to be trouble. I think that's the biggest concern. Of course, we don't know. We don't know when the competition will start again this year. We don't know if there will be a competition this year. Um, So we don't know. Um, But I think there's going to be an effect on that Rugby League World Cup. I hope it's minimal because this is the biggest, it's going to be the biggest, the best, the most inclusive World Cup we've ever seen. We are all looking for, I know all of you listeners, we are, this is what we've been building up for. This is what, this whole show, 56 episodes of Chasing Kangaroos and beyond is building up to this 2021 World Cup. I'll be devastated if it can't happen, but we know John Dutton has said that it can't be moved. It is when it is. Uh, it can't happen in 2022. There's um, Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. So that, you know, we're not going to be able to clash with that. It can't be moved. It will be 2021. How big will it be in 2021 is the question. 
Um, but I hope Big T and I are still there wearing our Jamaica and Greek rugby league jerseys at Old Trafford for the grand final. Will it be at Old Trafford? Depends on depends what happens with Premier League. So many variables. It's such a shit time. Um, and we're not going to know. We're not going to know for a little while. All right, what else we got? Athens, by, uh, Athens bits. <laughs> What's this question? Who is going to win? <laughs> Who is going to win the Greek Rugby League Association Fantasy League now that coach Mitsafrias and McLennan were eliminated under controversial circumstances? Athens bits. That is, uh, that's Stuart McLennan's um, Facebook page. <laughs> Stuart. So, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so just for context, guys, the Greek Rugby League Association, during this time, they're obviously locked down over there. They're not playing any footy. But uh, George Stylianos has put together like a fantasy league. I don't know how it works. I've been sort of watching it happen online, but a lot of the comments and stuff, they're all written in Greek and I can't translate it all. But there's like hundreds of comments on, on these posts. And it's uh, from what I understand, I think there's... The play, there's a coach of each team and they select players to make up their fantasy team from the Greek Rugby League Association and then people vote on which team wins and then there's a winner at the end. I don't know how it works, but what I do know is, um, George, you, you guys certainly know how to keep entertained while there's nothing else to do. So that's awesome. Go Greek Rugby League. Um, all right. Let's do a few more. Let's do a few more. We can't... Uh... Here we go. We can't have, we can't have a Q and A without like, an American question. Hey, so this one comes from the Voluntary Tackle podcast. The guys at the the Voluntary Tackle, shout out to them. Give them a listen. I know Big T's a big fan. Um, if you were given, <laughs> if you were given a half a billion dollar war chest to help grow rugby league in the United States, what would the plan and goals be for the first twelve months? Fuck. That's an awesome question. I don't know who's going to give me half a billion dollars. But um, let's say I had like a, an awesome war chest. And to put that into context, like I think Vince McMahon, he's got $350 million to throw into XFL over the next few years. So half a billion is like obviously a shitload of money. Um, the way I would do it is I think you've got to start top down. I'll try and keep this as concise as I can. This could be a whole episode um, of a podcast that I'll probably have to record with Nate Gladden. Actually, that's what I'll do first, and I think someone mentioned this on Twitter. I forget who it was, but I think the first thing I'll do is fly over there, grab a bottle of whiskey, sit down with Nate Gladden, and just workshop this shit and work out the best way to go. We'll probably get Tom Stevenson, California Rugby League there as well. We'll get Josh Knight from Vancouver, because we're going to include Canada and it's not just going to be USA. We're going to include all the Americas in this. We've got a few of those guys and we'll workshop it out. But I think the strategy, if we had that sort of money, would be you got to start from the top down and we'd have a professional league in the US and Canada, probably Jamaica as well. So you'd have, you'd invite your Wolf Packs and your Ottawa's. You'd have your New York. You'd have a team from California. You'd have a team from Vancouver. You'd get a Kingston side from Jamaica as well. You'd get, you'd get a Florida side. You'd get a Boston side. I don't know what the teams will be, but you might have like a six to eight team professional league. But the way I would do that is that professional league would be kind of like state of origin on steroids. So the part of the criteria for having a team in this pro state of origin US American league is you need to have a local development grassroots competition that supports that. And that could be, for example, the Northern Conference of the USARL supports the New York team. And they might eventually get more teams and cut off and support a Boston team as well. You would have like the California Rugby League supports the California Bears. You would have the British Columbia Rugby League supports the professional Vancouver team, the Vancouver Dragons, we'll call them. Toronto, Ottawa, they might have to have competitions in, in Ontario that support them as well. 
the the Kingston side, they'll be supported by the Jamaica Rugby League. You could even get South American teams eventually as well. You could get more teams across America, teams in Texas, teams in Chicago, wherever you like. But these the the pro, we'll call them the state of origin teams at the top. They need to be supported by local domestic leagues that feed players through that system and they go to the communities and they introduce rugby league to the schools and they introduce rugby league to the universities and colleges and the kids and the and they grow the game from the ground all the way up to this top pro league and i think that's how i'd do it and running along with that you'd also have like a awesome american challenge cup like a big knockout competition where all the clubs are pulled in together you can throw in all the brazilian clubs the the Argentinian clubs, the Chilean clubs, the Nicaragua clubs, whoever you want, throw them all in there, Peru, throw them all in there and play like a mad American Challenge Cup as well. Um, So much stuff to unpack there, like so much stuff to unpack. But like I said, I think that's a full episode. Nate Gladden, if you're listening, let's do it. All right, (laughs) so what else we got? Uh, how did you get into supporting rugby league? Patrick Nan. Thanks, brother. Patrick's a good guy too. Always, uh, we have a lot of good chats on Twitter. Uh, but how did I get into supporting rugby league? So I don't, um, I don't remember a time when I didn't. Like it was just always a part of, part of me. My old man, uh, was a rugby league fan. Uh, dad was a Dragons fan or is a Dragons fan. Always has been. And so was I. I was just born that way. I didn't have a choice. Unfortunately, I did not have a choice. Um, it's been my source of a lot of pain. And if I had a therapist, it's what I'd talk to him or her about every every session. But I'm a Dragons fan. I was born that way. My dad my dad didn't give me a choice. And uh, yeah, that's the answer. All right. So, uh, how can rugby league make inroads into the US? How far off are we? We kind of... Did we answer that? We didn't really answer that. So how, okay, JN Idol on Instagram, he asked, how can rugby league make inroads to grow the game in the USA and how far off are we from a professional USARL competition? Okay, so the second bit, I don't think the USARL will become professional. I don't think that's how it's going to happen. I think unless someone gives me and Nate Gladden half a billion dollars, the way it's going to happen is that we're going to see, and I've talked about this before on the show, it's the the WWF model, the WWE model, where you've got all of these domestic competitions popping up all over the place, California, USARL, Chicago, Texas, British Columbia Rugby League, Ontario, Alberta, etc., etc., and... The, the game grows and grows and grows and there's interest because you've got Toronto Wolfpack and New York and Ottawa Aces there as well and other clubs trying to come in and it's growing at the bottom level and it's growing at the top level and then at some point your big Vince McMahon billionaire investor comes in and says this is a fucking great product we're going to bring it all together and create the National American Rugby League and I think that's how it happens. And we're probably far off that from happening. But I think that's how it's going to happen. It's going to happen slowly. Um, and I think the reason it's going to happen slowly is I think that some people involved don't want it to happen that way. Yeah. That's what I think. Is, that's that's why. Alright. Uh, Colmore Rugby Union has sevens. And uh, rugby league has nines. Do you think if league had their own nine series, it would be successful? Um, yeah, it would be successful. Depending, like, like where will it be successful is the question. Like, I don't think the rugby league nines, a rugby league nine circuit, it's going to take a hell of a long time for it to be bigger than the rugby union seven circuit. I mean, like, rugby league's not as big as rugby union around the world, even though it's much better as a sport. Um, I'm going to say that unashamedly. Um, I think. I think nines can grow. I don't think it will grow the same way. I don't think it will grow like a circuit, the way rugby union works. I think we're going to see it grow more 
like so I think the NRL and the Super League will have their own Club Nines tournaments and then it comes together as an international tournament every four years. You might see um you might see like an MEA tournament, an Oceana tournament, and a European tournament and America's tournament in between those. Actually we do see in America's. So you might see that every four years in between your Nines World Cups. But I think like the NRL Nines will happen every year. And, or maybe not now, who knows what's going to happen now with COVID. This isn't a non-COVID world. Um, and I think Super League, I think we're likely to see Super League replace their um, replace their magic round with like a nines magic round. Um, I think that's what it would look like for Rugby League. Um, but I'm sure there's a whole heap of models and people much smarter than me are talking about how that's going to work. But I think, I think based on what I've seen and people I've spoken to... I think that's what that would look like. All right. Uh, what does the International Rugby League game look like after COVID-19? Is from Crago72. Fuck, I don't know, bro. Like, I don't know. Like, the, the shit thing is, the shittest thing from a rugby league perspective is, from all of this, is that, like, International Rugby League is on hold this year. It's on hold. Like, we spoke about it earlier. The Kangaroo Tour is not going to be on. You know, Oceana's been pushed back. We don't know what's happening with Euro and we don't know what's happening with the Americas and MEA. Um, international Rugby League's on hold and it's a damn fucking shame because we need International Rugby League to push, like, to promote the World Cup and it's been going so well. It's been building the success of Tonga. There's interest. And all of a sudden, it's on hold. And it's going to suffer more than the NRL and the Super League will. Um, but I hope we can come back strong. So this year, like we know, like there's no Kangaroos. There's no Kangaroo Tour. There's, there's probably going to be no Oceana Cup. It hasn't been announced either, but I don't think the Oceana will happen this year. I think the Euro can happen. And I think Americas can happen. And I think MEA can happen. Obviously... They're not going to make the money that, you know, the Kangaroo Tour will, for example, or get the interest that a Kangaroo Tour will, for example. But I hope they go ahead. I think a Euro, I think a Euro tournament can be successful without NRL players, and maybe they can work out a way to get England in there if the Kangaroos don't tour. Maybe they can work something out. But I think out of all of this. What is salvageable is the Euro. I think the Euro can happen, and I'd like to see that happen. I don't know if it will. I mean, they don't need NRL players to play in the Euro. They can use domestic players. It can be just as fun. Probably could be cooler. So I think that's what happens. Um, and what does International Rugby League look like? Look, I think it, it takes a big... It, it, it's paused. Um, it takes a little bit of a, of a beating. It become, It's sort of not high on the agenda if it ever was for for the big governing bodies and we sort of have to just start building again and try and get back to the level that we are and, and beyond unfortunately craig but thanks for your question brother all right got a few more got time for a few more so um if you won lotto what country would you try to start the game in that's from leagues clubs on instagram what country would I start the game in if I won lotto? It depends how much I won. Um, I don't know. I don't think... You know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd start the game somewhere. Like, I'd sort of go to a place where the game is established and try and help it grow. Um, and winning lotto probably wouldn't give me enough money to do what I'm about to say. But let's let's just pretend I've got that half a billion dollars again so I've, I've got I've got a I've got a billion dollars all up I've used half a billion on the United States and I'm going to use the other half on French rugby league um so I would buy the elite one <laughs> this is crazy what am I even talking about I am going crazy here talking to myself so I'd buy the elite one and I'd make the elite one like the expansion European league that I wish Super League was. And we'd, you know, sell television rights to Foxtel because we would love to watch it over here. 
in summer when there's no rugby league, I would love watching French Elite One and we'll build it up and we'll make it professional and we'll help the clubs combat rugby union over there. But we'd use it as an expansion league for the rest of Europe and maybe even like places like Canada, like, you know, you've got a lot of French Canadians as well. So there's some cool crossovers there. Um, but you'd have, I mean, the French Elite 2 already has Greeks and Italians and Serbians and Sp- Spanish players. You'd get more of that. You'd encourage them to develop their players and bring them through this French Elite, the new French Elite 1. And you'd encourage guys like Dutch players from the Netherlands League and Russian players. And you'd encourage, you know, guys from all over the place. Um, get them through the system in this league. You might even get club. They don't all have to be French clubs, but you might even get, you know, a Red Star Belgrade might rather play in this elite one than try and make their way into Super League. Or you might even get the Valencia Huracanes might rather play in this elite one rather than Super League. Ottawa might want to play in this elite one rather than try and make their way into Super League. You know, you could get like there's, you know, you could get the Athens Saints. (laughs) like or like you know the best players from the greek rugby league association coming together to form a club in this elite one or the elite two and work their way up to elite one i think that's what i'd try and do um that's what i'd do if i won a lot of lottos (laughs) fuck that would be fun all right uh mark harris we mentioned you already give you another mention bro this is a good question so there's talk of a 12-team comp next year because of the suspended NRL comp. Any thoughts or inside info? So I don't have inside info. NRL doesn't speak to me. Um, but so the 12-team comp was a, is a concept that Andrew Johns has been talking about for a little while. He thinks that a 12-team comp, we're going to like get a greater competition because there's, it's, there's going to be more pressure on there's going to be less spots for players so we're going to get the very best it's going to be like an origin intensity every week sounds a little bit like super league 1996 97 um but he thinks that's the best way for the league or for the nrl and now that's sort of come up again in the media because we've heard over the last week or so that clubs could die and it could be like survival of the fittest and we could see four clubs die and we've heard things like the Gold Coast and the Warriors and Manly and the Sharks won't survive for example I've already said at the top of this show I think they're all going to survive so I think we're fine I don't think there's going to be a 12th team NRL next year but um, that was this suggestion by Andrew Johns and that's what that's all about Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen I think what could happen like Again, like pure speculation, we don't know what's going to happen. There's probably a hundred scenarios on the table, but like we might get to it. We don't know how long this is going to fucking go for. Like, yeah, we're thinking like, yeah, maybe six months it'll be over, but this could go for a year, year and a half. Like maybe we're still talking about this next year. You know, maybe, and this is something that crossed my mind today and it's probably like silly or crazy, but what if we? What if borders are still closed next season? What do we do? How can the Warriors play? Um, would we end up possibly having like, because of limited travel opportunities, maybe, ne- maybe twenty twenty one looks more like a New South Wales Cup and a Queensland Cup, and you know the Warriors players are playing in an Auckland rugby league competition. I, I don't know. But that's something that could happen next year. It might not be the NRL as we know it. I think the clubs will survive in some way, shape, or form. But, you know, we're going to have... At the very least, we're going to have a diminished salary cap. And, yeah, who knows? It's going to be very different. But it's going to be interesting to watch and see what happens here. But as for a 12-team comp, Mark, um, I don't think it's going to go that way. I don't think clubs will die. And... um I don't necessarily agree with Andrew Johns that that's the way we need to go anyway, even before all of this. So, yeah. All right, I've got time for a couple more. Uh, I've got time for two more. So, Todd Greasley. How you going, Todd? Thanks for listening, bro. Um, 
Which way would you say better helps promote the game overseas, regular 13s or 9-a-side internationals? It's a good question. Um, I think the best way to promote the game is 13-a-side. That's the sport, that's the product, that's the game. It's exciting, it's explosive. That's the game. That's the best way to promote it. But I think we're more like 9s. Well, like 9s is a lot of fun. I don't think it's as good a spectacle as 13s, but it's a lot of fun and it's good for short attention spans and it's good for new nations that, you know, can't like ha- can't field full sides yet that are competitive and it makes them a little bit more competitive at international level. So I think there's room for both. Uh, 13s helps promote the game better, but 9s can help promote some nations a little bit better. hope that makes sense, Todd. All right, last question. Let's make it a good one. What do we got? Last question. Ah, this is a good one. Ah, okay. Carsten Broom, aka the Swiss Cowboy on Twitter. This guy, I've got to get... Carsten, you got to come on the show one day, bro, because you know more about International Rugby League than most people that I know, more than I do, that's for sure. This could be an episode in itself, this question, actually. Actually, this is what we'll get you on to talk about. <laughs> What's your dream structure for the international game? So, organisation and competition-wise. Uh, I should have saved... I should not have saved this for the end. This should have been the first question. So, okay. My dream structure, competition-wise, I th- like, I think... I think the way things were starting to pan out was sort of on the money. So, obviously, you've got a World Cup every four years. You've got 16 te- nations at the moment. I think you want that to grow, obviously. I like I like the Oceania Cups, and I like the MEAs, and I like the Euros, and I like the America's Cups. I, I don't think that should be every two years. So, the way we've got it at the moment, our our 10-year plan we're looking at like World Cup then it's your Oceania Euro etc etc the next year then it's like a bilateral year and then it's Oceania Euro etc etc the year after that then it's another World Cup I think you cut out one of those like Oceania those regional tournament years so I think you cut that out one of them and you have the bilaterals in between your World Cup and your regional cups. I would have... So those regional cups... Stop me if this is too confusing. <laughs> no, you can't. Those regional cups become qualifiers for your World Cups. And when your World Cups are on, the teams that aren't in those World Cups are qualifying for the next regional cups in that season. So I'll give you an example. So... Jamaica are in the World Cup and Jamaica, USA, Canada and Chile were in the America's Cup. Well, while Jamaica's in that World Cup in 2021, that year, it doesn't have to be at the same time, but earlier that year, you know, Chile and Brazil and Colombia are trying to qualify for the next regional America's Cup, which gives them a chance to qualify for the World Cup. So that's the stepping stone there. And then you've got your bilaterals in between. So the years in between those tournaments, that's when you have your, you know, New Zealand tour, England, England tour, like the Lions, if you want, can tour the Southern Hemisphere. You've got your kangaroo tours. But I want to see some, some cool shit thrown in there as well. So we spoke last week with, with, with um, Dean Buchan about Spain playing the Philippines and make that a thing that happens regularly. You know, have like cool stuff like France playing Canada because you've got the whole French-Canadian thing. You could have like Italy and US on Columbus Day. You could have like, you know, Japan and Hong Kong. New Zealand and Tonga is a no-brainer. That should be on every year when Origin's on, like just New Zealand, Tonga. That's huge. Samoa, Tonga. Just all of that. You know, you have you could have like Papua New Guinea and Wales, or you could have like just all this cool, like just have those bilaterals, but have contests that become really like 
really good rivalries that you can build up. So you have your like versions of kangaroo tours in those bilateral years for all of these nations. Like they have their fiercest rivalries and just make that huge. And that's kind of how I'd have, I'd structure my international calendars like that. It would have to be set in stone eight, 10 years in advance and structure it that way and keep going round and round and round. And you can tweak things here and there. It doesn't have to be the same bilaterals all the time, but that's how I'd have like my, competitions because i think we need to have a, a mix between like it can't be like soccer where like everything's about making the euro or making the world cup there needs to be those rivalries like we have in in league and like cricket has that and other sports have that as well so i think like imagine like the u.s were better and like australia played the u.s in a bilateral like tour like this freaking mad so that would be cool and yeah, that's it. I think that's all I have time for. So guys, thank you for the listening to the ramblings of a madman sitting in his car talking to himself. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it's kept you sane for at least an hour, especially for those of you that are sort of in lockdown or under quarantine. And uh, as promised, Big T is here. He's got a little special treat. He's recorded a little bit of audio giving you his fan perspective, top five Chasing Kangaroos episodes of all time that he wants to listen to again uh, if he was in lockdown. So take it away, Big T. Thanks, Carbs. Welcome everyone to Big T's Big Picks, Chasing the Best Episodes. Uh, I've put them in order. Uh, I've given you a top five, and uh, I've done it because one, I'm obviously associated with Pod, but uh, two, I'd like to think that I'm the Pod's biggest fan. That's how I've ended up on it, just through badgering. Carbs with all of my uh, incessantness. I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there uh, who might now be grumbling, thinking they might be the biggest fan, but uh, I'm happy to fight them verbally over who, the, the love that they have for chasing kangaroos. So let's go. Top five. Number five, episode three, Jamaica, we have a rugby league team. It's an old podcast. Uh, there's weird music. Carb almost sounds young, but in this very early ep we hear, uh, we get to relive the excitement that was Jamaica qualifying for the Rugby League Cup. Such a fun memory and therefore a great episode. Old, uh, old co-hosts as well. Fantastic memory lane. Better co-hosts as well for runners. Moving on, number four. Episode 50. Jumping all the way back up. Hunters and Kumuls. Okay, I was in this one, but that's not the only reason why it's uh, made my list. We interviewed key figures in PNG and focused the entire episode on what's happening over there. We learned that coaching was the only thing really stopping the league loving nation from taking over the world and in the process potentially recorded the world's first all PNG rugby league episode. Great job, Cubs. Okay, number three. Episode 42, California Love. California Love. This was a massive episode with so many important people in California Rugby League talking to Carbs. The jewel in the crown of this episode, though, was Michael's chat with Tom Stevenson, the super mega boss behind California Rugby League. It is, also, it is always so fascinating to hear about people who are mega passionate about our sport and even more entertaining when they are speaking to Carbs, which is why that one made the list. Number two, ooh, tension building, number two. Episode 16, Rugby League with Italy. In this ep, Carb talks to Orazio Dario, president of the Federazione Italia Rugby League. This was the first episode I remember falling in love with the podcast. Carbs with Orazio, Orazio um, were frank but fair in their interview. Uh, they were kind but honest. It was fascinating and a truly great episode. Now, before we get to the number one episode that you should be listening to while you are locked down. There should be uh, a bunch of other shout-outs that I'd like to do. Episode 17, Coming to Africa, was great. Episode 25, Let Greece Play. Episode 39, Bring Back the Reds. Also a great episode. And Ep 52, Finding Netherlands. All excellent episodes. But the number one episode was episode 40, Mascord Carbs. This episode changed how I thought about rugby league. I'm not even joking. Steve Mascord reflects and muses on the myriad of issues surrounding and propelling our game. His insights and ideas were paradigm shifting. 
and I personally have already listened to this, re-listened to this episode a bunch of times. Cannot recommend this episode enough. Five stars. Now, if you um, want to know what the list is all about, it's because we want you having fun, staying entertained, keeping your mind, your, your well-being in a positive place during our isolation or our quarantining, whatever you're up to, or your commute to work while uh, it's, the city's mildly empty. So there it is, your top five, a bunch of other great shout-outs. If you also have um, an episode that you loved and it wasn't on my list, please hit us up through your favorite platform and tell us what your favorite one was or which episodes you'll be re-listening to and why. Back to you, Carbs. Thanks, Big T. That was awesome, man. Can't wait to catch up with you next week. And to the listeners, can't wait to catch up with you guys next week as well. Uh, Let me know what you thought about the show. DM me. Get us on the socials, whatever you like. Can't wait to hear from you. Can't wait to speak to you again next week. And fuck yeah, no arty.